ain't a podcast that's flyer. You are now tuned in to Direct Misfire. Benson, Hugh, and Selick tell everyone to tune in. Let's roll the dice. Let me show you what we do win. A fantasy war game. Play it smart and you win. What you know about the crystal pen and the retribution? Hero, hero, giants, and knights galore. It's an adventure. This is Kings of War. Let's go. G'day champs and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. I'm your host Benson and joining me today as always is Selick. Hey hey. As well as Hugh. Yo yo. As we revisit the army power rankings. So pull up a seat, grab a drink and let's get into it. So gents, it's been two years since we last checked in on the current status of army power. And with the introduction of the latest updates in the compendium, it's probably a good time to impart our knowledge once more. So, how are we ranking things here? What's how are we going to figure this out? Yeah, so we've got the a pretty standard. We're going to stay with what we did last time. So that's the S, the A, the B, the C, and the D uh, scales. So S mm-hmm. being uh, the best. Yeah. Um, so this is what we're referring to as like a. There's multiple really powerful builds in these lists. Uh, then we flow down into A, which is like above the bell curve, so to speak. So these also have some pretty powerful builds, um, but mostly that they're just a very strong army. B, uh, think of B for balanced. So this is where there's uh, nothing overpowered, I would say, within in the builds, um, but they're a very competitive army. Uh, C is the, the opposite of A, I guess. Uh, in that it's probably just a little bit behind the bell curve there. So yes, they're still going to have some powerful builds, uh, but not not many of those powerful builds, and they will generally struggle either in killing things or in that competitive play. And D, the D is for the dunce. So they're the ones that are well behind the bell curve and probably need to be uh, killed off or uh, buffed significantly to be... uh, like back, back in the game. Mm-hmm. Shall we go through everyone's S rankings to begin with? Sure thing. So I see S as, as Selick said, multiple powerful builds, really like just ahead of the curve and probably needs a nerf, um, a light nerf for the most part. But, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking of it as. And uh, obviously we've got Ratkin to start off with in S because, <laughs> you know, they're so amazing. How much of a nerf do they need? Yeah, jeez. Oh, just nerf everything. Doesn't matter. No, yeah, I'm they're scurriers. Um, yeah, scurriers, definitely nerf scurriers. No, uh, I think uh, we, should, we should probably stick to serious ratings from here on out. I think <laughs> as much as I'd love for Ratkin to be in S, uh, they are most certainly not. So... Mm. I've only got two in S, actually. Um, my uh, tier list overall is quite compressed towards the middle, you'll find. Perhaps even uh, all of ours is, but mine especially. Um, and I've picked Undead and Night Stalkers as S. Yep, mm. right there with you. Also Night Stalkers and S for, for my part. Yep, so I've gone Night Stalkers. I think they're still a very... They've got multiple powerful builds. I don't think they've got... Too many issues there. Um, but I've instead of going undead, uh, I've gone ogres. Why ogres? Mm. Because like from what I've seen and come across, the armies that are pretty strong are all relying on the same sort of thing of having some heavily uh, well, defensive blocks backed up with warlocks. There's not... You don't see a lot of uh, red goblins. You don't see... Um, a lot of the other ancillary ogres, um, it's just mainly uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the the big the big uh, shield nerf. What are they called again? The the shield breakers nerf helped out a little bit with their internal balance, but it's still not really there. I recall our army review saying that like these guys really lacking in internal balance and mm. need a few changes. I think that was a step in the right direction. But yeah, I agree with Benson. I don't see them as like many powerful builds they are very powerful they're very good army um but you can actually take quite a mediocre ogre army pretty easily like almost Mm. by accident if you don't know like the meta ogre good units kind of stuff Mm. Mm. yep so i guess let me talk through explain yourself explain myself (laughs) uh so i guess when i had a look at at this list um and going through all the all of the the rankings and where i put them i 
stand out with ogres a because they've been a high performing army for uh, all of these two years and even with those slight uh, nerfs on the siege breakers there so they went up in points and things like that what i've found is that they've still got multiple builds people just pick the strongest so we haven't even touched on uh some of the like warrior spam like they're they're solid um, the other thing that they've definitely got is that all of their options that they've got from a hero perspective are all scoring. So you can outplay an ogre unit and leave them with a couple of like really nimble characters and they will still compete in the objective game and that's what gets them the win. I think ogre characters are S. I just don't think the whole roster is S necessarily. No. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I obviously disagree with that. I like, I mean, totally agree about the red goblin rabbles, sharp stick spitters. Nobody ever runs that as, because as well why would you? The, yeah, and like you don't see the cavalry either. Uh, I'm not seeing shooters very often. It's basically siege breakers and warriors. Hunters might make an appearance once every so often. Same with boomers. Well, they're not bad. Like they're not stellar. Um, we don't see any of the chariots. We'll rarely see the chariots in in our games and i've only come across the crocodiles as much as i love them once <laughs> why aren't people taking these well i've actually since the uh, slight tweak to siege breakers i've played against ogres multiple times now and i'm seeing shooters come back so they're coming back into list pretty much oh, yeah. most lists are having a horde of those like they're just putting out a whole heap of heat uh the warriors have come back in a little bit more people are still running siege breakers uh hunters definitely are coming back in uh, boomers still haven't, um, but depending upon the meta that we're going into, um, I am seeing some of the boomer chariots, so just in the small ones. I know that we we bag these guys a little bit, um, but we're seeing them in troops now just for that stealthy aura to counter uh, some of the shooting armies that are coming through. You can pick which way you actually want to go inside this list, uh, and pretty much everything is competitive or great across this. That, that's sort of why I put it in S. I'm keen to hear where you guys have put it in. Well, yeah. we've both put it in A, haven't we? We've both put it in A. And yeah. to be honest, I was um, close to S with Ogres. Uh, I mean, all the A's are close to S by definition. Um, but yeah, <laughs> as, as Benson has sort of already intimated, I feel like uh, if these guys had a bit of a buff on some of their... Not that I think... Not that I'm suggesting it. But if they had a bit of a buff on some of their less used units... Um, and they had a bit more internal balance, they could come all the way up to that'll S. That'll make it, yeah. But and that means the army would be overtuned. <laughs> yeah, what, I, what I'd rather see, given that they're currently in A, even without that, is like a bit of a nerf to some of their more prominent units, and then you might see them come down to B, where uh, they perhaps, perhaps all armies should be in an ideal world. Mm. Mm. Yep, so when we are talking about... So you think Siege Breakers are still a little too good? Everyone's uh, still taking them en masse. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably. So just because of that fact, there has to be something about them that everyone says they can't, they can't just go past. Yeah. I think it's okay. worth remembering as well that like this is a miniatures game, it's not a video game. And so like every ogre player already has like three units of siege breakers. <laughs> so, like, you're going to take them, aren't you? <laughs> because yeah. you've yeah. already built and painted all these horses. Siege breakers need to go down to defense four. They've still got the big shield, mm-hmm. but... Defense four to give that um, the flanks and rears a bit more oomph. Yeah, that would make yeah. something yeah. to think about. That would be my change as well. I think they used to have defense four. Yeah, but like I mean, if you have a look at their stat line as it stands at the moment, and we can move on very quickly. But melee three plus, they've got defense five from the rears and the flanks, defense six at the front, crush two, unit strength three with eighteen attacks, with fifteen seventeen nerve. Like that Solid. is amazing. Uh, yeah, like even white for 250 or, points. White mm. or level of good, pretty much. Well, better, like defense six. Maybe um, they should. their attack should drop a few. Better in the front, but they don't, they don't fly and surge, man. That's the thing. That's the mm. difference. Yeah. So I don't think um, better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, that's where I've put it. Uh, and I think that you guys putting it into A's is probably pretty standard. Um, I do want to have a very, very quick chat about Undead because you guys have had it in S tier, so you've still got it really, really high. Um, Undead have been out of pretty much all uh, podiums for a long time now, uh, but you guys still have got a bit of a chip on your shoulder by the looks of it. 
not a chip, just we understand that they're a really good army. <laughs> yeah. And there's much variety you can have with the undead army. Yeah, I don't. I think the fact that they've been off the podium for a while is more in in Australia. That is, uh, is more of a product of people getting a bit sick of them and yep, and, and not moving on to other armies and other elements. Mm. It's not because they're bad. Um, they're still incredibly good. I still don't play mine in part because why would you when you've got Ratkin, but also because <laughs> um, like they're just not very fun. I think um, and. If not you, your play style. You, yeah, you can play a, a weak list. Uh, it is possible to make a, a relatively weak undead list, but really, if you're actually trying even slightly hard, um, they're just so incredibly powerful. And the the whites and wraiths in particular, I just I do have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about. They're just okay. The flying plus surge is so hard to deal with for a lot of armies. And really, undead is what's keeping more so than the others. Um, Night stalkers, I think, to an extent as well, which is why they're also an S for me. But the, those are the armies that are keeping some of these other armies in B and even C, where they would otherwise be a bit higher because their matchups against undead and night stalkers mm. is just so bad. Mm. Yep. yep. So you mentioned the whites and the wraiths. So and that's purely on the speed. So obviously the rates. Are it's not speed purely on seven. the speed. It's the fact that they're really hard to kill. They're mm-hmm. fearless. They're yep. undercosted, and they hit like a truck. Uh, can be obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, race. Wait, I always get them mixed up. That's all right. Race are the, the uh, defense what, six ones. The little ones are less hitty. They're more <laughs> yeah. like just impossible to kill uh, chaff units that yeah. that are actually major threats if they get in your flank which they can do relatively easily with a necromancer hovering around because they have a really small footprint and they fly while as their their big friends are just diabolical still mm-hmm. yeah um, they're very they're costly very but they're they're, they're still yeah. one of the best hammers in the game but i mean but then it's not because of that like if it was just them then they'd be an a-tier army but yep. virtually every other unit in their roster is fantastic as well um they do have a few potatoes like Vampires on foot are pretty crappy and stuff like that, but for the mm, most part, Soul Reavers are good. The regiments, the cavalry, the bloody brave guard uh, friends are good. <laughs> yeah, the revenants, revenants. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're an apeshit army. Um, they're yep. just it's just so easy to put an army on the table that's all defense five or more and fearless, and it just still feels like they're not paying for fearless because mm. shambling is more of an advantage than a disadvantage in Kings of War. Marching is not that big a deal. Yeah, for me, I had them in A. I still think they're a strong army, for sure. Uh, Where I think they sort of slide down from S to A for me is purely that their characters are not fantastic uh, in the scenario play. Meh. Meh. Yeah, I guess that's true, but... So, I think we all had Night Stalkers pretty high. We all had them in S tier. They're still Um, great. They're still fantastic, yeah, I think. And as I recall, I don't have the list in front of me, but I think last time Benson was the only one who called their rest yep. here at the time. And it was kind of just before a big surge in their popularity and power on the table. I don't know. I feel like Benson called that. Trendsetter. <laughs> Trendsetter. He did. He did. He certainly did. Yeah. We had it in A, I think. Mm. Yeah, that sounds right. But we didn't quite yet know the oppressiveness of Night Stalkers at that point in time. Yeah, well, that was the the coming of the Soul Flayer spam. So uh, back then they had Speed Ten Soul Flayers that were Crush Strength One, uh, Thunder One, and they were just set up in flanks for 165 points and Wind Blast everything around, and then charge their flanks. Pretty much, that's that's what they were doing. Um, and then there was a, a bit of a, a nerf to those guys, so they went down from Speed Ten to Speed Eight. Everyone was complaining apart from the people that had to play against them. Um, and they're still fantastic, so... Yep. Yeah, and my beef with Night Stalkers has always been, I think it's just a really poor mechanic to build an army around the idea of um, stealthy being your army mechanic because it just it just completely undermines so many list archetypes. Like, 
you can actually still shoot Night Stalkers effectively with some lists, some like really shooting heavy lists that focus on four plus kinds of shooting, like yeah. maybe certain elf lists and stuff like that can still, because they're relatively low defense, right? So that's meant to be the trade-off. So you can shoot them a lot with with like the right shooting unit. But for those lists like, and of course, Ratkin come, come in to this, but if you have a list which has a medium amount of shooting or a heavy reliance on shooting that shoots on a five plus, it feels like it's not that you, the rest of your army is rendered ineffective necessarily. It's just that you feel like those points do nothing. Like if you're sitting back there with five plus to hit yeah. war machines, yep. you might as well just take them off the table because they, first of all, they're relatively like Night Stalkers are one of the best armies at killing those kinds of units because they have all these really fast flyers Horses, and, yeah. and speedy things that can afford to get back there and kill your war machines. But secondly, they just do nothing. Like it feels like you just never roll a six, or if you do, in the one instance, you know you'll you'll fluff the roll or whatever. And if more so than most other armies, if you play them in a tournament, you find yourself wishing, oh, if only I could tailor my list to play Night Stalkers, because I would take this one third of my army out and replace it with a different group, while just mm. because of this goddamn stealthy across the whole list, and it keeps lists like Kingdoms of Men, League of Rordia. Uh, so on and so for some of the dwarf lists, blah, blah. It just keeps them down where they otherwise might be correctly balanced because of the existence of a all-stealthy army. Yeah. And the, the big contributing thing for me that kept them in the S tier was well, two things. Uh, the first one being Mind Thirst, so they don't pay a penalty for inspiring. So it's just built into everyone that they're going to use everyone else's inspiring source so they don't pay that tax um, to build into their list some uh, ineffective mm, mm, true. type inspiring units. Um, but also the Butcher Flesh Ripper and the Dread Free <laughs> Dead Dread? There we go. Dread Fiend. <laughs> uh, so purely these, these guys are fantastic. So Speed 8, Melee 3, Scoring Units, Stealthy, Vicious, uh, Crush Strength 2, like they're extremely effective units in isolation that just complements their list so much. Like that that's a, a fantastic scoring unit to have when you don't need it. Like when you yeah. don't need an individual. And you're right, you can spend points on units like the Flying Brains, which are pretty mm -hmm. like Mind you know, yeah. versatile, deadly creatures that if in any other army they wouldn't that if they existed at all, they wouldn't have um, inspiring, right? And sure, mm. they don't have inspiring in this army either. But they just just don't you just don't care. So like, yep. there's a tax that other armies pay for those sorts of slots. You're right. So because you're like, oh, there's only so many un like there's only so many ratkin assassins I can take because I need to <laughs> fit some inspiring into my list. Well, so what you're saying is the ratkin assassin should inspire. <laughs> ratkin assassins, <laughs> I've always said, should have inspire self. That's all I want. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that makes sense. Yep. No, I totally agree. I think they, they've got a slow build. They've got a fast build. They've got a ranged build. Uh, they've got a monster mash build. They've, they've got quite a lot of options that keep them up in S for me. All right. Let's get on to A's though. So Hugh, yep. what have you got in A? Okay. I've got um, Empire of Dust, Basileia, mm -hmm. Ogres, and Abyssal Dwarfs. So mine's a little bit different to some of your guys, but mm. yeah. Um, just those four I thought were enough to get to A for me. Okay. And Benson? So I've got the... I've got Basileia. I've got two kinds of elves, uh, standard as well as Sylvan. Mm. Forces of the Abyss, Ogres, and Salamanders. Okay. Uh, I've got the Basileans. Uh, the elves I've got, just the, the normal type. Uh, Forces of the Abyss... I've got Trident Realms in there, Goblins, Undead, and the Empire of Dust as well in A. So, uh, yeah, you're right, Benson. We all do have Basileans. Um, I, I just the only common thread. <laughs> yeah. I think they've just got a lot of flying unit strength now. Um, and I think that's, that's the big thing for me, that they've actually got some really, really powerful army-wide rules for flying well, they're just solid defensively. They've got lots of mobility. They've got lots of um, things to keep them in the game. And they can be quite punchy. So they've got all the ingredients. Yeah, they've kind of just got everything, right? And they're um, 
they're very effective in terms of putting a like all defense five plus army onto the table that mm-hmm. is that remains quite mobile despite its really high defense and when you've got really high mobility something that hits hard and has really high defense it's just so difficult for those mid to low tier armies to deal with yeah i almost had Vasilea in s the high a yeah me too i think they're my top a well they would be i didn't actually put them in order but if i did they would be. <laughs> yeah well something for me and, and i found it quite interesting and this is not a slight on viv either uh who's a, a very competent gamer but viv cannot play for 12 months not play a game of kings of war slap together a Vaseline list and go this should work and then comes into it a does. tournament and then it works <laughs> Like and that's with not understanding the rules hundred percent, and he's able to perform quite well with it. I don't think there's many armies that you can actually do that. Like there would always be a bit of a gotcha because your speed um, is is an issue, or a defense is an issue, or you've got a really bad matchup. I don't think the Basilians have that many bad matchups. Mm. Yeah, agree with that for sure. And they've got some really easy matchups to boot. Mm. So. Yep. And like worst case scenario, you get outplayed, you just heal yourself. Yeah, so. that's it. The Iron Resolve on everyone plus the uh, ready availability of healing. It's not necessarily always super effective. I think it's easy. as an, It's one of those things as an opponent, a bit like Surge. As an opponent, you kind of have to be aware of. You have to play around it to a degree. And sometimes yep. it feels really powerful. But then when you're actually using it, there's probably some games where it doesn't do much at all. Like your units just get taken off. You don't get to heal them at all or, or whatever. Mm. Um, so it's a bit like Surge in that sense. I think it's it's such a powerful tool, but it might look scarier as an opponent than as a player of that army possibly. Sure. But yeah, I, I did want to comment that while our A's are quite different other than Basileia, there I think there's a lot of armies that we've put you know, that it's just sort of debatable whether they're A or B. <laughs> you know, they're like mm. either upper B or lower A. And I, I have a feeling like yeah. Selleck's longer list of A's, for example, you probably find most of them in Benson I's like upper B. So, mm. so there's, it's not maybe not as much disagreement as it may look just from what you've heard so far. Yeah, it's probably worth having a bit of a chat about actually just around... So Benson and I have elves uh, in our A's. Uh, that yep. for me, I just think they've got... Now, I think they've been tweaked some slightly, uh, and I think they're now in a really good position where they've actually got a couple of different builds, which is why I've got them in A. Um, I think Hugh's got them in B. I do have them um, in B, but I could definitely be persuaded to go A. Um, I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure with elves. I was actually sort of weighing in between the two, and I, I kind of thought that I was a bit biased, um, thinking that they're a bit more powerful than maybe the quote-unquote meta thinks they are mm-hmm. or something. Um, and that's kind of, for some reason, I persuaded myself to go to B based on that. But Excellent. yeah, no, I could definitely move to A for sure. Yeah. So for me, I I have a look at when I go through all this ranking. So there's a, a little bit of science in it. I have a look at how they've been performing uh, across the world, uh, as well as what I actually think of the internal list um, around can they actually play the scenario play. And I think... Elves tick all of those three boxes quite well. They've been performing uh, across the world. Uh, they've got some pretty good tweaks recently in the last couple of changes. Um, and I think they play that scenario play very well. I think the bump in the Glade Stalkers as well as the Dracons, I think they got boosted after a nerf, um, has helped in that respect as well. But I've also got the Sylvans because they're very much like your standard elves, but they also have access to the greater elemental, uh, elemental as well as uh, Wilt Daddy on mm. top of your usual. And you've got the box rays and a couple of other great um, nature units. So that's why I've put them in the same sort of A tier. Yeah, so the Sylvan King, like, if you have a look at the forums, uh, they're still yeah, crying I don't care about out. The, yeah, but I called Night Stalkers when you guys didn't. <laughs> <laughs> True. but Heart of the cards. I, I feel Sylvankin are still a, just on the same level as elves. So, talk to me then. Why are Sylvankin not performing? Because people aren't taking them. Why aren't they taking them? 
because they got other armies. Maybe they don't. They see Glade Stalkers. They try to use them and don't add anything else to it and just don't do well. Okay, so there, there you go. Challenge out to all the Silverkin players. Let's all let's... the ingredients are there. Just play better. <laughs> just play. <laughs> well, you could probably, uh, if you had an elf army, dry brush up a few air elementals and stuff and play Silverkin pretty easily. So yeah, maybe yep. that's uh, throw down the gauntlet. Um, I just have never played Silverkin. I don't think. So I didn't against really know them? what to do yeah. with them. Played against them, yeah. With with yeah. or against them, obviously. So, yeah, I just put them in the same one as elves. Uh, I don't know. I'd be inclined to think that if elves are A, they might be B because they have a few less units or something. But I really mm-hmm. don't know what I'm talking about with Silverkin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've played Silverkin quite a few times. Um, never found them to be super strong. I, I felt that they've got a pretty standard type play style uh with not too many options of builds like super strong builds like the 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 whole tree type list just doesn't exist um which is a bit sad because i really want uh the sylvankins to have that sort of tree ant type list that's actually viable um but but the ones that i've played that have been decent have all got wiltfather and um the whatever you call it's that Shamblers, forest shamblers, that's it. So there's like, there's, uh, you got that element of sylvanness about it, but probably not the full tree that you want, which then you'd have to turn to the nature. Okay, who, Hugh, uh, can we jump into your B list? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got the Trident Realms of Nertica, which were very close to A for me, but I wasn't sure. Uh, Forces of the Abyss, who are also close A, Goblins, Elves, uh, Northern Alliance, Dwarves, the Forces of Nature, Actual Ratkin, so the real Ratkin slot is, is I'm putting in B, uh, Sylvankin, Halflings, Order of the Brothermark, Salamanders, Varangar, and Rift Orcs, uh, which is a big question mark on that one because I have no idea where Rift Orcs should go. I've never played them <laughs> right. with or okay. against them, so... That was really just a guess because they're sort of in the middle there. But as you can see, lots of armies in the B slot. So for me, they're very compressed in there and it's more like um, S, A, C and D are more like the exceptions rather than the rule. Yeah, more than half the armies in B. Yep. And for you, Benson? I have the Abyssal Dwarfs, Regular Dwarfs, Goblins, Halflings, Northern Alliance, the two Orders of the Watsits, Brother Mark and Green Lady, Ratkin, Rift, Forge, Orcs, the Empire of Dust, the Fortress of Nature, Varangar, and Trident Realm. Okay. And for me, I've got three dwarfs, uh, but not the normal dwarfs. Uh, Northern Alliance, Order of the Brother Mark, Salamanders, Sylvan Kin in B, Abyssal Dwarves, Twilight Kin, uh, not really sure if we're going to talk about them or not, uh, Rat Kin, Varangar, Halflings, and the Rift, Forge, Orcs in B as well. I guess we are going to talk about Twilight Kin because... <laughs> we sort of have to. Yeah. We have to so, broach that subject now, why don't we? Yeah, yeah okay. So, I, you can add Twilight Keen and B for me as well. I put them in D just because they don't exist, but if we're pretending they exist, then they're B, I guess. Yeah, well, they're still being used in tournaments, so I've sort of slotted them into B. They're not. They're, they're still a very they're competitive old rules. list. Yeah, old rules. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're sort of sitting in B for me, I think. Benson, you've got them in C at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. I mean, they probably could go in B, but it's it's hard to judge them fairly when they have don't get the updates like everyone else. Yeah. Okay, so the main one I want to have a bit of a chat about here is, Benson, you've got both dwarves in B. Well, Why apart from that? three dwarves. <laughs> oh. oh, no, you don't. So yeah, we both yeah. we both got dwarves B and free dwarves C. But looks mean Benson. apart from me, and I've gone the opposite way. I've gone dwarves yeah. in C and free dwarves in B. So that's uh, yeah. You you've been playing well. You've been uh, painting dwarves recently, right? I don't know if you've been playing mm. them yet. So yeah, just doing some play testing. Yeah, I've played a bit of Abyss, think- uh, played a bit of free dwarves, but I've never played regular dwarves. But Free dwarfs are just like a more restricted dwarfs with more holes in their list. So I don't really understand. Do you reckon Silic is putting dwarfs? I want to know. Do you reckon 
Do you reckon Selleck's putting dwarfs in C in an attempt to try and say, oh, they're not ah, that good. Maybe they canvassing. need a bit of a nerf since, since he's trying to bump them up before he starts. Well, actually, playing. if you adjust, Benson, our lists and you bring all the armies that Selex plays down a tier, then you've got Selex exactly. list pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, man. <laughs> now, back to the actual questions. Abyssal dwarves, I think, have dropped in power a fair bit. So, like Their big killer war machines have been nerfed a fair bit. Um, grotesques aren't that grotesque anymore. Uh, they just haven't received anything really new and juicy. I mean, the Hellfane was okay, but that's just it. And that's why they're falling back a bit. Uh, they just haven't been able to keep up because of the short legs. And the regular dwarfs, while they're decent, you can just pretty much make any reasonable list with dwarfs. There's just nothing that's outstanding. Uh, they're not that bad to put in C because, like I said, you can close your eyes and pick a list and it'll do okay. Yep. And I've got them in C, as, as was sort of mentioned. Um, and this was probably the hardest one for me to actually place, uh, the dwarves. So I ended up going with C purely on objective play. So we, we were talking a little bit off air, Benson, just around how a dwarf game goes. Uh, and it's usually... Turn two, turn three, you get charged. Uh, the dwarf list isn't a uh, like an alpha strike list. You're not going to be able to delete a unit quickly. Uh, so then you're stuck there to grind. And let's be really, really transparent. Dwarves are good in the grind, right? High defense. Uh, they've got some some really good synergies inside that. So they, they're good at it. But by the time you get out of that grind and you can start to think about the objective play. So let's go turn five, six, seven. They don't have the legs <laughs> lol, uh, <laughs> to be able to compete in the objective play. So or what ends up happening is you, you get very, very small draws or, or uh, sorry, small wins or a draw uh, or a loss, obviously, if you can't get there. So that for me is the difference between free dwarves and dwarves. Uh, free dwarves just have that additional movement in the scout. They've got a little bit more flexibility in the pathfinder of some of their units uh, that enable them to play a little bit better in the objective play than normal dwarves. But free That's dwarves just survive. Have, yeah, they have such a limited roster. And I've played, him, I've played him yeah, in a, a, yeah. a couple of uh, UB events, actually. Funnily enough, they're the only army I've ever played on UB. Maybe this is part of the reason I don't like UB. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've played them in a couple of events. I'm not. I'm by no means an expert, but they, uh, yeah, they have some really bad matchups because of yeah. any roster where you take out three quarters of the units are going to be good in some matchups and bad in others, and that's three dwarfs for me. Yeah. All right. So the one that we actually copped two years ago, we said goblins were, I think, B tier. Uh, you guys have gone with goblins in B tier again. There was a lot of feedback uh, from angry goblins saying goblins are too good. Uh, why have you got them in B? They are you sure it was the goblins saying that? <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, talk me through why you've got goblins in Bs. Well, because I've been playing them almost exclusively for the past couple of years and I'm sort of, I think I know them inside and out and they just have a fair few weaknesses. Uh, they've got nothing that really stands out like that. The massive um, War Machine spam, which was all the rage back in the day, isn't there. It doesn't exist. It doesn't work. And like the Wing It spam, and it's just, it's only just okay. The whole army is just okay. <laughs> yeah. Not, there's nothing to bring it into the A. They, like, like any army should, they've got certain themes. Like they're really good at putting heaps of unit strength on the table, but they don't have a huge amount of access to a lot of crushing strength. You know, they've they've got some versatility outside of that, bit of speed, bit of shooting, whatever. They often pay defensively for their like their units that are really good offensively, often kind of weak defensively. I don't know. I just think they're a good balanced army. They are the stronger end of B. I think. Yeah. I could like if someone convinced if they had like anything that. Any build that was just like really, really powerful build, any one build, I'd take them into A. But I don't feel from my experience that they do. So no, they're, they're just, they just sit at the top of, of B for me. Yeah. And I think for me, I had them in low A. So like at that sort of 
borderline between B and A, uh, purely for like the trombone type lists where they chaff up everything and then shoot everything off with trombones. But even um, that's sort of taken a hit. It's just yeah, that's not, not as, as good as it anymore. used to be. It's still very good. Uh, War trombones. So that's that's still got your. Yeah, uh, they're a good unit, but they're not the thing that everyone's complaining about. Like you don't see a goblin army and see a couple of trombones. So, oh, gonna have a gonna have a rough game today. Like yeah, they're <laughs> not like crocodile good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean, I'm still thinking war trombones combined with the goblin slasher that can get on that war trumpet. Um, you can just start to put on an incredibly uh, high amount of reliable four plus shooting. Uh, uh, that's from all experience, one. that just doesn't. It's no. <laughs> it's reliable. No, I wouldn't say. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess the trombone is somewhat reliable, but I mean, mm. the Ratkin have a similar war machine, which is almost the same as the trombone. And uh, yeah, I can tell you that that has gone down in value in my estimation over over the years. Like at first, I thought it was really good, but the more you play mm-hmm. with it, the more you realize just how easy it is to outrange. Um, you mm. know, obviously, it dies to a stiff breeze. They're relatively yep. expensive, um, you know, if they die and don't do anything, they're expensive, I suppose anything is. But yeah, they. Okay. it's just an okay strategy. I don't think it's like in any way overpowered. It's not oppressive. No. Okay, so I think in this case, I'm actually going to change my goblins from A's back to B's uh, because I think you're right. Uh, there was some some slight nerfs, uh, particularly around... How you shade yeah, so that, that was Shadow a bit of fun for six months. <laughs> yeah, so Benson came through, exploited it, ended up podiuming, didn't you, in yep, Australia's biggest tournament? And then everyone's like, "What the hell? Why is this guy podiuming? Let's let's nerf that." <laughs> it's not um, and I think at that stage they were definitely high A's, just with the synergies that they could put together, and like literally this guy could just fly and then take out a unit of whites. Which I'm sorry, too. Goblin players. I, I shouldn't have done that. Sure <laughs> we not. could have had it for a long, a bit longer. I think uh, an interesting call out here is that, from my perspective, if shooting got like if the meta changed a little bit, such that shooting became more popular, and it, I can think of a few ways that very easily that could happen, like Night Stalkers copying a nerf. Like if you just changed their army wide ability to something else. Um, if Undead, you know, had a few more nerfs and became a bit less popular because they're just Defense 5 City, uh, similar kind of boat for Empire of Dust. If some of those lists that are just like really anti-shooting lists that happen to sit in the S and A tier, if they came down a little bit and became a bit less popular and therefore the meta changed to make shooting a bit more of a thing, a lot of these Bs could potentially creep up to A. And I think Mm. as we go through Cs, we'll find similar like Cs could come up to Bs because the lists that not necessarily rely on shooting, I'm not talking about gun lines, I'm not saying bring back the goblin gun line or whatever, but the the lists that say you go, I'm going to play a list that's like, one-third maneuverability, one-third shooting, one-third combat. It's like a bit of a mixed-arms list, which I love those sorts of lists that sort of compete in every phase. Those lists get really undermined by a couple of the high tiers and are kept out of the meta for that reason. So armies where shooting is a significant strength, such as Ratkin, Goblins, um, all the Elves, I guess, uh, so on the dwarves, you know, kingdoms of men, league of Rodia, all these kinds of lists, they will all come up a little bit. But at the moment, shooting is in like, in I don't know, mm. it's in an interesting place anyway. It's got hard counters. It's, right? it's not so useless. Even- it's just that though that sort of like partial commitment to shooting, like I feel like you kind of go all or nothing with shooting at the moment a little yeah. bit. It's not that yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, so we're even seeing it with uh, Varangar. So they're taking the Mounted Sons of Corgan and they're taking the stealthy upgrades as well, uh, just so that they've got this extra layer of defense against anyone that decides to take too much shooting. And as mm-hmm. soon as you come up against that, you're just like, well, now I'm just like throwing dice against the wall here. Um, and you're just not getting the return on investment in your point list. So, um, yeah, good call out here. Yeah. Um, I do want to have a chat before we move on to our C's. I uh, just want to have a chat about the two armies that have come through. And I understand, Hugh, you haven't played against Rift Orcs uh, that much. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, halflings and the Riftforge orcs. Benson, why have you got them where you've got them? Well, I think orcs are still in a bad spot, so I've got them in my C. But Riftforge orcs are better than standard orcs because they get some extra uh, juicy tools. And if they're better than orcs, then they can't be in the same tier list. So that's why I've kept them up. Pure maths. I pretty much <laughs> the exact same logic, actually. Um, not just on paper alone, like with no experience. So take it with a with a pound of salt. But Riftwalks could easily be A or, or more, maybe. I don't know. I just never played them. I mean, they're, they're solid, but they still suffer the thing of being mostly orcs, which are all pretty sort of slow and not that cheap. So they just have a harder time. They're just more expensive. That big base with... really matters too. Yeah. So I just want to say here, Mantic, when you're listening to this uh, in your board meetings, <laughs> what we don't want here is you to change Riftforge orcs or orcs to not be orcs. We just no. want orcs to be better. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, we definitely don't want another one of these armies that are like the Basileans where it's all angels and no actual humans. Okay, uh, I digress yeah, though. Um, uh, what about half? I think you'll have to change the name of your board meetings to fun meetings if you're going to listen to us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Halflings are like following the same line of thought. League of Rodia, which used to be the, the halfling army, is C because they're just not as good as either of the other things that they're sort of comprised of. And so, therefore, they're better. And so they go and B. There, it, I mean, it's a solid halfling list of like goblins, basically, but with a few extra goodies or a few different goodies, yeah. Yeah, I think they're like the quintessential B list. They're really nicely balanced. I've only played them a couple of times, but on paper, plus my limited experience with them so far, they feel like the uh, Mantic really hit the nail on the head in terms of mm. where you should be um, pitching a new army in terms of power level, I reckon. They've got a bit yep. of this, a bit of that, but they're not... Nothing crazy, but also like a, a really nice little like combined arms list that that is more than the sum of its parts. Really, really cool list. I love halflings. Yeah, mm. um, I played halflings way too much uh, against them. Um, so in UB and then when I went up to our biggest tournament, uh, I played them for the first two games straight up in a row. Um, definitely a B list for me. I know that when they were released, everyone was jumping up and down around some of the units being yeah, way overpowered. Yeah. Um, but that was just everyone not knowing how to play against them. Um, as soon as everyone figured that out, Halfling stopped being top of the, the, the tiers um, constantly. Um, they're still very, very competitive. And why I think they're a great B list is because you do still see them podium, but most people don't. Um, mm. And I think that's a pretty good balance there around probably a skillful person using them. And therefore, that's why they're podium. Uh, and they're building their lists and they're knowing how to do it. So that, to me, is a perfect B list. So should we talk about the elephant in the room? Yeah. Which one? Ratkin uh, B, because <laughs> they... Look, they used to be A, actually. We had them... When, I'm, not, I'm not sure yeah. if, they, uh, if we were correct or not, but we had them in A in any case two years ago. I think Benson and I both did. I, I don't remember if Sally did too, probably. Yeah, um, maybe. And they've come down to B. Uh, I, I just think they're falling a little bit behind where they were. They were once like a bit stronger at that time. Scud was a little bit better. Scuddy, yep. Um, yep. He's, he's definitely taken a pretty hard nerf by just virtue of being a bigger base and a few other, you know, meta changes. He's still decent, but he's less like, he's not an auto-include, which is probably where he should be. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff around the shooting that I've already talked about, like I, I find that... My struggles with Ratkin in, in recent years really has been I can't take the lists I want to take to events, I feel like, because at, well, if I do, if I take really silly lists, obviously, and I try to like play Gumby, which I've done a few times recently, that's that's different. But if I want to take like a real mixed arms list, I just come up against Undead and Night Stalkers too often. And it's just such an it's impossible matchup <laughs> yeah. for Ratkin. Like, you need to take a very specific list that is just designed to have way more crushing strength and it's all about hitting defense five and it has no shooting. And that's the only way that you can compete in my book against those few armies. Really, I'm mainly talking about Undead and Night Stalkers to a lesser extent mm. that applies to Abyssal Dwarves and Empire of Dusts and armies like that. 
Um, so b- because of that, the prevalence in our local meta, perhaps, I think it's pushed Ratkin out for me a bit, and they just feel like a. They they feel like they're just on par with a lot of these other armies. I still don't think they're like worse than, say, orcs or herd or something. But they're they're definitely kind of on the lower end of B for me. Actually, I think they don't compete super well against elves or some of the like better like or ogres or some of the better kind of A rangey kinds of lists. Lightning spam just doesn't isn't as effective. That used to be. Yeah. A- a big tactic yeah, for them too. They're really expen- it's really expensive to do. You you can do it, but it's just so so pricey. Mm. Yeah, and maybe hordes like just horde spam is not quite where it used to be for one reason or another. I'm not even sure exactly why, but that's my feeling on yeah. that. Yeah. So my feel is I I'm pretty sure I had him in A as well, and I reckon it slid back into B. I think we all agree there. Mm-hmm. Um the reason I think is that they haven't changed where all the, the others have sort mm. of had tweaks that probably made them a little bit better. And I think that when we have a look at our A-tier list, even if you combined all of ours, like with your Vaselanes, your Ogres, uh, your Elves, um, et cetera, et cetera, all of those have had swat slight tweaks and advances where Ratkin have just sort of stayed the same, uh, which normally would keep them in A's, apart from all of those tweaks are pretty much exposing the weaknesses in Ratkin, those low defense uh, type changes so when elves get their additional shooting they can now shoot off some ratkin um, you've got a lot more speed that's getting put into other lists which exposes ratkin just haven't caught up yep but well, let's jump into c's now hugh what have you got in the c's so this is the units that are a bit behind the curve that probably need a little bit of help what have you got uh, i got ratkin slaves and free dwarves the herd kingdoms of men league of rodia Order of the Green Lady and Orcs. Um, a theme I notice immediately is nearly all of these lists have some sort of like similar counterpart that's very slightly better, mm-hmm. like Ratkin Slaves and Free Dwarves is, is an obvious analog, but also League of Rodia, even Orcs, Order of the Green Lady. They all, except for Herd, have like a parent a list, list that yeah. has like slightly more units, slightly more flexibility, and it's just like a slightly better list. Um, so they come mm-hmm. down just a little bit for me for, for that reason, really. Yep, they are definitely the theme lists in yours. How about you, Benson? Yep, I have Kingdoms of Men, Free Dwarfs, Orcs, Herd, Twilight Kin, but they could be in B, I mean, it doesn't matter. And League of Rodia. Again, theme lists. Yep. For me, we've already discussed that I had the Dwarves in there. I've got Kingdoms of Men, League of Rodia, and the Order of the Green Lady, as well as the Herd. Poor so, Herd. Yeah, we... <laughs> poor Herd. Uh, we will get to the Herd in a second, but... Uh, We've already discussed the Free Dwarf Dwarf saga. Um, I do want to sort of jump into the Order of the Green Lady. They've been the Forgotten uh, Order. So we had Hugh and myself have it in C, but you've actually got it in B, Benson. What's your reasoning there? Well, I think both of the orders are pretty good. Um, Why... You guys have it in C, I don't understand, because they have access to heart pierces, two kinds of elementals, bloody unicorns, uh, beasts of nature. They've got some fantastic gear in there that I've seen being used very well. It's a, I think it's a very good, solid, all-rounder army. Yeah, I'm not even sure, actually. Uh, I, I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't, I've never played this army before. So I could easily be convinced to move it to B. This is probably my least confident pick in the whole list other than uh, Rift Forge Orcs. I originally had them both in B. I'm not sure why I moved this to C, to be honest. I wish I had a good argument. If, if anything, <laughs> Brother Mark should be in C. Well, you can change it if you want. I will. Brother Mark should be in C. <laughs> <laughs> now, one, one good thing about... Uh, and I'm probably going to help your case here. The Order of the Green Lady, the formation is fantastic. It's expensive. But it's good. Yep. I agree. Um, I'm still keeping the Order of the Green Lady and C. Uh, Fine. I, I mean, you'll be wrong, but <laughs> you can do that. It's your choice, your life. <laughs> I can't be wrong. It's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so let's have a look at Ds. So we, I noticed that in yours, you don't have that many Ds. Uh, I've got double Ds, uh, one being Orcs 
and one being Ratkin Slaves. Uh, Benson, you've got Ratkin Slaves, and Hugh, you had nothing in D, but if there was, it would be Twilight Kin because they don't exist. Uh, yeah, so um, Twilight King are really, really bees, but let me argue you up. So Orcs, I think, is another conversation. We should have that, but mm-hmm. Ratkin Slaves, I want to argue you up to see. <laughs> okay. High bar, I know. Um, but Ratkin slaves were hugely improved when they changed uh, the basic Ratkin slave warriors, uh, which are basically just warriors. They yep. they moved them to be no longer expendable, um, and this means that they can now get unlocks and stuff. And I've done, I've written a bunch of Ratkin slaves lists. I'd love to take them at some point. Probably borrowing a few Abyssal Dwarf units from Bentham, so I don't have to paint them all up just for funsies. Mm. Um, but they are okay. They're not bad. You can actually write quite good lists with them now. I had them in D before before that change, and they had a few other positive changes as well. The um, the imp- the uh, impaler special unit, um, Mother Cries's impaler, whatever it's called. That that thing is is really good. It's a really powerful, very fast, very hitty monster. Um, Cries's gore impaler. The gore impaler. The the um whip chariot. Uh, Chaos Dwarf units are still a bit of a meme, but the the Chaos Dwarf Blunderbuss units are, are crazy good. They're so much better than everything in the Ratkin list, um, and they can pack. They can do a crazy army of like six hordes at the front, and then all these powerful short range shooting units behind them, and very fast, hard hitting monsters. They're actually not a bad list now. They they're not. They do still have weaknesses. They do still have. They still are a bit more limited than the basic Ratkin list. They're only slightly behind them in my book. But they're not mm. they're not nearly as like before you like couldn't make a list of them almost because they just didn't have any unlocks and they were just total potatoes or yeah. but now now you can make a, a themed list which is on par I'd say with something like Free Dwarfs. I'm convinced. I'm not kicking mine up. I mean I might go up to C, but there's it's still one of oh, the yeah, just armies C. that have such few units types and like it's yeah that's fair i don't don't think they're higher than c but they're c they're lesser than (laughs) like either armies that they come from so they're not as good as rackin they're not as good as abyssal dwarfs they're lacking characters like it's just got your standard the abyssal dwarf characters they have access to are better than all the rackin characters though Definitely, yeah. like point but for point, they, they've got these like ins- roles. So they got. I mean, they, no, they're not. They've got expect. inspiring wizards that don't have to buy a talisman. Um, but they don't move, and they're more expensive, and their their yeah. spell units. They're not uh, more expensive in the context. Different in the context of the Ratkin slaves list. The fact that the slow movement of the Abyssal Dwarves can be countered by putting just like hordes of movement six potato infantry in front of them to sort of screen for them and stuff. I think they've got a different play style to a lot of other armies. Anyway, I'm keen to try them out. Mate, I mm. reckon when I play them, I'll find them to be... I'm not expecting them to be like this A-tier epic thing. They're going to be no. totally C and they're going to have win some bad matchups, some. but they're going to win some games. They're not going to be like D in the sense that you're really up against it in virtually every matchup. I don't think that's where they're going to be at. Okay. Uh, and Orcs. Talk, talk me through that. Like I know that we did discuss them uh, a moment ago, but now in D, I just think they need some help. Orcs have a lot of good units. Yeah, they, they, they have war drums. They have. Uh, I think they also suffer from the sort of the lack of variety in that they have like three hundred types of infantry orcs. Yeah, and some cavalry and not much else. Problem is, they're ultimately an infantry army that has to sort of slog it forward. And mm. their um, really big bases are actually super cumbersome in Kings of War because mm. once you put like hordes of them, definitely. three hordes and a couple of regiments on the table nearby one that's, another. That's your table, Don. Yeah, you're really, you're really, really struggling for space. And so they're hindered like a lot of the time and they, um, they're a little bit slow so you can kind of kite them to a degree with some of the faster lists. And yeah, they, yeah. they just have the problems of like basically a no-shooty all-infantry army. Um, and that in and of itself might be like lower B if it wasn't for the fact that they also have this sort of footprint problem, which I think is really actually quite significant. They need like a mm. bit lower points to compensate for the fact that they have this huge footprint, which ends up combining mm. over a series of units to be a real problem. You can get them in all yep. kinds of awkward spots. And so they, they come down to C for me for that reason. Yeah, well, I've got them in D, um, and pretty much for exactly what you've just spoken about, but in a gameplay perspective, 
that just ends up with dead orcs, right? So you've got these giant, big, unruly hordes that go from melee fours to fives as soon as they're hindered, which they inevitably are, or if, if they're not hindered, like the opponent's doing something wrong. Uh, the other thing that ends up happening there is they can't delete something off in one turn because they're hitting on fives, for example. So they just sit there with this giant base size so they get flanked and they don't have the nerve or the defense to to be able to take that. So they just end up losing giant big chunks uh, out know. of their the, list. The nerve's all right with the war drum. Yeah, I think their nerve is actually probably a bit above average for the points. I've, I've always found them really, really tough to shift because of that high nerve because of the war drums everywhere. Yeah, yeah maybe it's the armies that I play with. Because I mm. obviously target the war drums where possible. Well, you are I'm a bit a, of a power gamer. I am a power gamer. <laughs> They're definitely weak against uh, like really hard hitting hammer, like bag of hammer or super mobile or super mobile lists. Like yeah, like your Basileans with heaps of cav and angels can eat them for breakfast, and yep. uh, they can be out grinded by something like undead. Um, but your more mixed arms lists or whatever, they have a decent matchup against and they can they can do all right. Um but yeah, mm. they do they're they're also because of their lack of mobility and lack of shooting options, they kind of don't have as much scope for like good generaling getting you up kind of thing. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like while as other quote unquote bad lists, like say Ratkin Slaves, for example, if you tailored an army a certain way and you were a much better player than your opponent, you might be able to leverage certain advantages they have a little more than you would with, say, orcs who are kind of a bit predictable and it ends up being a bit push it forward. If you yeah, st- yeah. And if you stuff up your deployment with orcs, you're cooked. Like <laughs> That footprint really mm. does... I know I'm banging on about it, but it really does matter. Yep. yep. So my, my personal opinion, they need a little bit of love to get back into the, the Bs and the Cs. Yeah, um, they need some special sauce or something. Special sauce. I love it. That's what Racking Slave needs, some sauce. They've got nothing sort of unique to... The Ratkin Slaves. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I reckon the first time you play three hordes of slaves that blow up on you, which are backed up by three like 18-inch charging monsters and then like one of those those uh, guys that are technically in Abyssal Dwarves but you would never see them ever, which are like the slave drivers on chariots and just whipping dudes yeah. along, um, which for me is more of an aesthetic thing than being a powerful thing. I reckon they'll, have, they'll feel like they have a bit of unique flavour. I'm allowed to want things. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> want things. So, is there any other armies that you guys would like to have a chat about? Uh, obviously, we've got a few differences in here, but uh, anything else that you'd like to have a chat? Why have you got Abyssal Dwarfs in AHU? Uh, Abyssal Dwarfs have had a series of nerfs, but they've had a series of nerfs that are probably... I think it's natural in wargaming to see a nerf and for people to overreact to it. I see it all the time in other games as well where a unit will get this tiny little change and it will bring them down to a bit more where they should be and people are just like, oh, it's unplayable, it's useless, don't worry about it, put it back in the box, never see it again. Um, and yep. I think Abyssal Dwarfs are suffering from that a little bit at the moment um, because no one's playing them or at least I'm seeing a lot, lot less of them than yep. we used to. Um, and I think they are still an exceedingly powerful army. They still just have some ridiculous units. Like when you compare, I think part of my uh, influence here is looking at Ratkin Slaves because they have some Abyssal Dwarf units in them. And I like directly compare some of their infantry and some of their heroes against my heroes and stuff. And they're they're just so good for the cost. Like they're crazy good. And they have great shooting, really high nerve, great defense. Their only real negative, I guess, is that they're not that mobile, but then you've got half-breeds and grotesques to make up for that, which are which have been brought down a bit, I know, but they're still really good units. To me, mm. they still have multiple really powerful builds. You can build them as really, really tough anvil. You can build them as a bag of hammers. You can build them as a shooty list. They're, they still yep. have, like, point for point, their units are still typically, there are some like inline ones. There's basically no bad ones. There's some inline ones, but even slave orcs are great. Like point for point, you compare them to the B-list kinds of armies, your halflings, your goblins, your ratkin, whatever you like, really. 
they're just better. They're still A. That's my view. It's just people aren't. People have decided that they've been nerfed into oblivion and they're they've not taking them the anymore. Bandwagon a bit. I think yep. people would have and the same thought if Undead got a few more nerfs. The nerfs they've got have been so incredibly gentle, um, with the exception of maybe like Morgoth, whatever his name is. Like, yep. if if you did a similar few nerfs to Undead or Night Stalkers, I reckon people would have a similar reaction and they'd still be like A tier. Um, and I actually wouldn't be sad if that happened. <laughs> yeah, bring them back from S to A. Yeah, that's yeah, guys, bring them back leave to, Undead alone, boys. Bring them back to B would <laughs> be it. better, but I'll take I'll take it. Bring them back to A, and people will just baby, decide. Baby steps. People decide that they're D in their heads because that's just yeah. what people do. Yeah, the big one for me uh, that I'm surprised that not many people are taking in Abyssal Dwarves is just the Overmaster on Ancient Winged Halfbreed. Yeah, he's like, crazy. Regen but... five on a, a dragon. He's one of the best that's dragons really in the game. He hits with on vicious. He doesn't have oh. that many attacks, but he hits on three. That's vicious. That's the thing that not as many attacks, which means he has less chance one less, of taking things right? out. He's got a lower but ceiling. You're aiming, but he, you're he aiming gets, for flanks and whatnot. He's got a lower ceiling, but he gets like seven or eight wounds like almost automatically. What, what people seem to be forgetting if you roll well. is no, you don't need to roll well. He hits on he I don't hits know on threes. He does. And he he's wounds. Got he's got crush three and vicious. Like he doesn't need to roll well. Like if he rolls badly, he does six wounds. Like he's. I think he's one of the lesser. You're going to give him the blade of slashing. Game. He's one of really? the best. Dragons. You think he's yeah. lesser? Yeah you're, yeah, you're crazy. So it's got nine attacks where the best have ten. So that's well, you one. got twelve and thirteen. Like you got others with more, but they usually have four. But then you can boost that up with other things. It's it's the weight of the attacks. I think only really? only yeah. uh, Scud has thirteen. I think everyone else is sitting around the like 10, 11 mark for the most part. But in any yeah. case, it's neither here nor there. Like what people forget about Abyssal Dwarves for some reason, which I just still can't get my head around to this day, is that virtually all their units just don't pay points for Vicious. You look like Vicious costs mm. like, what is it? 35 point item or something? I forget. Yeah, something like that. It, like it's really good. And when you've got, you combine it with all the crushing they've got, the value of those rerolls is really high. You're not like, you can get, in Ratkin Slaves, you can get Vicious on your slave units that hit on fives and have crush nothing. It's like, whoop-de-doo, I can reroll these ones <laughs> and like wound on a four or five. But almost everything in the Abyssal Dwarf army just auto wounds. Like you can just skip that step of the rolling. You just go, oh, I need to, oh, look, I got a good to hit roll. Well, Two plus with re-rolling ones, like, like so many units do that. That's just it's crazy good. It's so good. Like, wh- why why do people think that this is a a B or C tier army? Everyone else has to roll to wound. Ever, everyone else can still <laughs> roll like eight two plus to wound dice and roll three ones and be like, oh crap, bad roll. Abyssal's just don't have to worry about that. Sounds like you want to move it up to S tier, mate. <laughs> I'm talking myself into S tier. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think we've sort of had a chat about this enough, um, but I would sort of throw it out to our audience. Tell us what we've got right. Tell us what we've got wrong. Then Benson will come in and tell you why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just seems to be why it, how it works. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate everyone sort of uh, coming together and doing this. Hugh, I know that juggling babies and work and, and things like that, uh, I appreciate you jumping on and giving your S-A-B-C-Ds. Yeah, no worries, man. And in fact, uh, on a bit of a sad note, I think I, I need to declare to our lovely audience that I will be taking a step back from a podcast for a while. I know we record relatively infrequently from you guys' <laughs> yeah. perspective. Um, and that's that's fair play but uh i have not been playing a lot of kings of war for for quite a long while and i'm by no means giving the game up because i love the game it's a fantastic game but uh i am having a break from kings of war in general and if i'm having a break from kings of war i I think i need to have a break from the podcast as well and the only reason is i'm playing too many other games i'm spending most of my time playing either um well, most of my time, Marvel. the tiny amount of time I mm. get to play games, I'm playing either uh, Star Wars Legion or, yeah, MCP, Marvel. Yep. Um, it's much lower commitment to get armies painted. I'm painting a droid army right now. In the next two weeks, I'll have it done. Like, you just can't do that in Kings of War. Mm. And so uh, I'm taking a step back from the game in favor of family and when I've got a young baby and stuff like that. And I will be back eventually. I'll definitely play an event from time to time. Uh, but for me, yeah, I needed to give something up, and unfortunately, this was it, guys. 
nothing's going to change. Like, we'll speak to you again in six months when we record the next episode. No, we'll try and to to whip you guys and we'll uh, get some more stuff out. Uh, But yeah, thanks, Hugh, for jumping in. Obviously, when Benson and I were were sort of looking for somebody, you said you'd put your hand up. And Mm. I know that from an audience perspective, they've loved having you on uh, our podcast over the last probably two years or so. Uh, two and a bit years um so it's been great and you'll definitely be on uh from time to time we, we won't let you get away that easy not like spoon he had to move <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no dramas. you know we've been doing this podcast for uh, i think it might be six years now yeah it's been a yeah, long time i think i've been on longer than two years actually I, i'm not sure how long time exactly flies. it is It'd be worth checking. Mm. A while. It's been a while. But <laughs> Many minutes. In any case, it's been really fun hanging out with you guys. I'll still see some of the local boys at tournaments from time to time, but not as frequently as I would like. And fr- frankly, that's already happened. The last two years, yeah. I've wound the tournaments back at big time. And it's not because I'm not going to any tournaments. It's just I'm going to tournaments for other games and you know, I'm uh, you know doing family commitments and stuff on the weekend. So it just is what it is. Mm. Yep, that's it. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Yep. All right, guys, tell us why you're wrong and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, all. Thank you for tuning in with my team. Make sure you follow on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, indeed, more than a game. It's a lifestyle, yes, sir. Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work. <laughs> we give the people what they desire. Australian war gaming podcast, direct misfire. You don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, we got plenty more. If you're ready, let's go. Stay tuned, that's for sure. Hey.